Hello there, and welcome to the Redeemer Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're with us today. At Redeemer, we are committed to connecting people to God's transforming love, and I hope that this podcast is just one more way that you connect to God's presence this week. Right now, due to the coronavirus outbreak and out of our desire to cooperate with state, local, and national officials and to keep everyone safe, we have suspended all in-person gatherings until further notice. But that does not change our commitment to connecting people to God's transforming love. We will have worship posted every Sunday morning by 7 a.m. for your whole family to enjoy. And of course, we will always post the message here on the podcast every Monday morning. We have been spending the past several weeks studying the Holy Spirit and how the same power that descended on the disciples in tongues of fire dwells in you and me today. This inhabiting of the Holy Spirit in us empowers us to pursue God's vision on earth and live lives with impact and meaning. This week, we hear from Senior Pastor Bill Clark as he wraps up our study of the Holy Spirit. So here is week four of Holy Spirit from Pastor Bill Clark. Hello again, and welcome back to our um, online messaging here of the Gospels. Um, This is the last in our series on the Holy Spirit, and I hope it's been helpful. And certainly, you know, with the Holy Spirit, it's an inexhaustible subject, so there's a lot to uh, continue to think about and to uh, read about and study about. Today, I want to kind of revisit the last uh, time I spoke, which was um, in a kind of a panel discussion with Adam and Tammy, uh, Tammy Roach. We had a discussion about the fruits of the Spirit. And we saw in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Then Paul has this little line at the end of it where he says, Against such things, there is no law. And we think about all the things that are prohibited. Well, obviously, one thing that is not prohibited are these wonderful gifts of the Holy Spirit, these gifts of love and joy and peace, etc. Today, I want to focus on just the first one, because I think love is the, the, the real point for our life together now in these strange days. Paul, um, anytime Paul is writing and he has a list of things in the New Testament, Paul puts, and this would be typical of any writer, puts the most important thing first. So in that list of the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, etc., Paul puts love squarely at the very beginning. That's kind of the way any of us would do if we were writing a list of things. I could imagine someone going to the grocery store and writing down their grocery list and saying, you know, what do I really need? Well, milk's the first thing I think of because my kids want to have cereal and milk. That's just critical. So you put milk down on the little note. You take it to the store. Now, there's a list of other things that are equally important, but that's the one that comes to the top of your head. That's where Paul is kind of going here. Among the fruits of the Spirit, there is love. It's not the first time Paul has dealt with that. Obviously, in the Scripture, Paul has dealt with love um, in many other places. Most impressively or most memorably for most people is in 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul talks about love being the supreme act of the Christian life, this supreme thing. Love, is, love Paul tells us, is, is not a trait— 
it's not an inbred uh, quality of life, although some people are more perhaps loving than others by nature. But love is, love is not an object, it is a verb, it's an action, it's something that we do. It's something that something has to sort of become within us and then ex is, is expressed outwardly in acts of kindness and graciousness and care. That's what love is. Love is the first and foremost gift of the Christian life. And I would just simply say right now in the days we're living in, nothing could be more helpful than to be loving toward other people. There are all kinds of ways that we can become annoyed with people when the pressure's on. You know, it's hard enough in life anyway to kind of love everybody. The truth is, most of us have some issues with someone and they may be difficult to love or people have issues with us and find us difficult to love. So love is not something that we just automatically do. Today, I really wanna talk about how love is a gift from the Holy Spirit which we can incorporate into our lives, which we can then share with other people, which would make life a whole lot more bearable in a very difficult time. It would be good anytime, but it's especially important now. So love is a practice. It's a gift that is a gift of the Holy Spirit, and it's a practice, it's a verb, it's something that we do. And it's, there's no question Many of us are living with an extra degree of stress right now. Fear and worry um, are very real emotions that we're feeling these days. And when you're feeling fear and you're feeling worry, sometimes the last thing you think about is just asking God for the gift to love those around you. And the amazing thing about it is when we love those around us, when we demonstrate love toward those around us, uh, we begin to take the focus off of ourself and off of our worries and off of our fears. So in this troubled world, today we just want a short lesson on love. So I hope you've had days, I, I kind of, part of me hopes you haven't had these kind of days, but part of me wants to be normal and just say for myself, they're just, they're just like days where I think, what happened? We were rocking along in a pretty normal world. I noticed this morning when I came to work, back on my calendar behind my desk, it was on the month of March. I hadn't even looked at it. I hadn't, I hadn't moved the calendar to May. Two months have gone by, two months of strangeness. But such as it is, love is still the answer. So earlier in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, so still in the same chapter as Galatians chapter, 22, uh, chapter 5, verse 22. In verse 13, Paul says, serve one another with love. That was his theme. The whole theme of chapter 5 in Galatians is to serve one another with love. So that's the point of this chapter, and that's the point of what I want to say. We can't always feel love, but love is not primarily a feeling. It is, again, a verb. It's an action. It comes to us as a gift from the hand of a gracious God. What does it mean to really love another person? That's another important concept. The best definition I've ever heard is to love another person 
is to will the good of that person. That's what it means to love them. It's not necessarily flowery words. It's not necessarily, necessarily a feeling, but it's to will the good of the other. It's to hope, it's to pray, it's to trust, it's to believe that you really want the best for that other person, whatever that best is, whatever God has for them. So this was Paul's big project in Galatians chapter 5. It really also has echoes back to 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul said in his famous phrase um, that what, what love is is so critical that anything else is just a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. All the other talk, all the other actions are noisy gongs and loud cymbals. What Paul is saying is, I want you to will the good of the other. And for you to be able to do that, you're going to need the, the gift of the Holy Spirit to accomplish that purpose. So Paul took this project which became his project, this project of love for the people of God, raising love to the highest level of the Christian experience. Paul took this project, which was really to begin with Jesus's project, and he made it his own. Think about the love project of Jesus for a moment. Think about all the things that he did, the healings, the teachings, the scene at the Beatitudes where he completely changes the ethic of the human life and he calls for people to love one another. Think about Jesus' action and many actions really in healing people who uh, were shunned by others. The project of love was Jesus' project which Paul turned into Paul's project for love and which we are called then next to make it our own project to love other people. The other day, at the beginning of this week, actually, I, um, I went to the ear doctor. I've, you know, old enough to have a declining hearing, so I go occasionally to get my hearing checked. And that's a strange experience if you've had your hearing checked before. You go into this little room, and it's uh, kind of a tight space, really. It's a little bit claustrophobic. And they, uh, you know, they fasten microphones and stuff around your head, and then they close the door with a whoosh, and you're sort of in this little tight space. And the person in the booth next door is speaking words, and you're supposed to speak them back, and all the things you do in a hearing test. Well, the audiologist, a woman just a little younger than me, probably, was in that little room before she closed the door. And she was in there and she was putting on all that stuff on my face that I needed to wear in order to have for her to, to hear me and to test my hearing. And she had a mask on and I had a mask on. We were socially distancing as much as we could. But in her eyes, I just, I just had this prompting. I wouldn't normally do this. I probably wouldn't be that aware but I just looked at her eyes. I've been noticing people's eyes as they wear masks around me now. And you can read something about people's eyes. And I just looked at her eyes and I thought to myself, she looks really sad. And all I said, I'm not making myself the hero of this story, trust me. All I said was, how are you doing? And from that little comment, she just looked at me 
and tears just were streaming down her face. Um, it was a very moving moment. And she just took a few minutes to tell me, I didn't even have to say anything more. She just took a few minutes to tell me how stressful it had been to be back in the medical office, to be around people, to be exposed and all of those sorts of things. And she was very gracious and very professional and quickly gathered herself and then went back and started testing my hearing, which was good that day, by the way. But anyway, I just, um, I just thought to myself after that encounter, you know, all I did was ask her how she was doing. But somehow, maybe there was this prompting of the Holy Spirit that my, the tone of my voice was enough to simply just trigger her real and and necessary reaction. It was a it was a sweet moment. That's all I can say. It was just a sweet, sweet moment. As I've been thinking about this matter of love, too, my mind is uh, sort of drifted to a friend of mine, whom I talked to not recent, not too long ago. His name is Ed. He um, Ed lives in California. He is 85 years old. I first got to know him probably 35 years ago when I was on the board of North Park Seminary. Ed is just an amazing guy. He's a brilliant, brilliant guy. He's in good health at 85. Ed's claim to fame was he was um, uh, an inventor, um, a scientist. He and his team uh, working on the applications for um, satellites developed the global positioning uh, system, which is why I can use this phone and I can find a place when I didn't know where to go because three satellites are coordinating where I'm supposed to go. Ed's the guy who invented that, he and his team. So Ed lives in this lovely home in the Palos Verdes Peninsula in California. It's a very impressive place, but he drives an old Chevy Suburban. He's a very down-to-earth guy. And Ed, Ed is my model for a Holy Spirit-filled human being. He spends his days, because he is in good health, either playing golf, and by the way, he shoots his age, which is pretty incredible, and he has for 10 years. But Ed is a guy who has just made it his life's calling to bless other people. And the last time I was talking to him on the phone, just a few weeks ago, we were in this conversation, and I said, Ed, Tell me about what your ministry looks like now. Well, he has a planned ministry. His ministry is every week, Monday and Tuesday and Thursday and Friday, Ed, my friend Ed, has lunches with people. And I said, well, who do you have lunch with? And he says, well, I've got four different groups. He said, on Monday, um, he says, this may surprise you, but on, on Monday, my lunch is with um, a small table full of registered sex offenders here in California. And I just meet with them, share with them the love of God, and listen to their stories, feel their hurts, hear their confessions. Most of these time, people have done time in prison, but that's just a group every Monday I meet with just to encourage them to keep them on the help keep them on the straight path and to um, to be okay. That's what I do on Mondays. I said, well what do you do on Tuesdays? He said, well Tuesdays, that's my day for, for folks who's having marriage troubles. 
He says, you know, I didn't become a Christian until I was 50 years old and was in the middle of a near breakup of my long-term marriage with my wife. And he said, um, we were at wit's end. We didn't know what to do. And it was then that we both found Christ through a friend's loving encouragement. And so um, my life changed in the course of a relatively short period of time. A marriage was healed. So on Tuesdays, I enjoy the opportunity to talk to people about um, uh, what they might want to do to, to help salvage their married life. And then on Thursdays, I just uh, try to make that my day for meeting with uh, guys who are not yet Christians. And we meet, uh, we share lunch together, we talk about the faith, we talk about baseball, we talk about all kinds of things. But I just want them to know that there's one Christian out there who uh, loves them and who cares about them and isn't going to get real preachy with them, but just wants them to know what the loving God is all about. And then on Thursdays, he says, um, I just have a time with young men in their beginning of their careers. I just share my experiences and listen to them and listen to them about their struggles and their hopes and their dreams, and I try to encourage them. That's, that's my friend, Ed. And I, I use him as an example because he's always been such um, almost an icon for me of how to live the Christian life. He is deeply, deeply in love with people. And his love for people is not something that just flows out of his naturally gregarious personality, though he is that way. It flows out of him because he's asked, he's asked for the gift. He asks God every day for the gift to love another person. He's asked God for the gift to be an agent of blessing in someone else's life. He's asked for and received the gift to be a, a genuine witness for Christ. My prayer, my prayer that just as Ed and Paul and obviously Jesus have made love the project of their life, my prayer for you and for our church is that we all might make love the project of our life, the reason for the hope that was, is within us, the encouragement that people need to love them, to will the good of the other. That's our mission. Blessings to you today and all days. Once again, thank you for listening to the Redeemer Church podcast. To stay connected to all that God is doing here at Redeemer, visit our website at RedeemerTulsa.org or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have a blessed week.